The scripture reading is Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I just finished this series in Edgerton. Preached through each, preached on each verse. Tonight I bring you verse 3. Verse 3. that sermon I didn't deal with uh, previous sermons as much as I did in some of the other texts that I used, so I thought that would be the best one to bring to you tonight, since you'll only hear one sermon from the series, Psalm 23, verse 3. I'll read the whole chapter. It's a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So far do we read God's word. The text again is verse 3. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2, we see that Jehovah is our shepherd who gives us rest. Verse 1 really gives us a wonderful picture. Jehovah is the good shepherd. A good shepherd is one who owns and takes care of sheep. Jehovah owns and takes care of sheep. And we are Jehovah's sheep. David, an elect believer, says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. And we, believers today, we are the elect to have Jehovah as our shepherd. Verse 1 says that with Jehovah as our shepherd, we shall not want. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep so that they do not want and they will not want, meaning they will not lack anything they need. And Jehovah is our good shepherd who makes it so that we will not lack anything that we need. He's a wonderful shepherd. And verse 2 teaches that one way our shepherd cares for us is by causing us to rest. Verse 2 says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. It begins by saying, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. It's emphasizing rest. And we crave spiritual rest as those who know our sin, those who face trials and can begin to worry. 
And Jehovah our shepherd causes us to rest by feeding us and leading us in the green pastures. The green pastures of his word, that is. Through his word, he feeds us. He shows to us what Christ has done and how he makes all things work for our good. He feeds us, and by feeding us in those green pastures of his word, he causes us to have rest, to have peace. He is a wonderful shepherd. In Psalm 23, verse 3, now, the text that we have for tonight, it speaks of how the shepherd also restores us when we stray. David, the writer of this psalm, certainly knew what it was to be restored as one who had strayed. During his life, David had stolen another man's wife, committed adultery with her, and then murdered the husband, Uriah. Strayed. And this way that he was in for a time was the way of misery. And then Jehovah the shepherd restored David and led him in the paths of righteousness and joy. A wonderful thing. And Jehovah does that work of restoration in us too. May we see that today. Jehovah's wonderful work of restoring us and give God praise as we hear about it. That's why we're here. We some can forget that. We are here to worship God. Tonight we will hear about the great shepherd's care of us and restoring us. And may we worship his name as we hear about his great work. Let's consider the text under the theme, Restoring My Soul. Restoring My Soul. The first, the necessity. Second, the activity. And third, the purpose. Restoring My Soul. First, the necessity. To understand the necessity of our being restored, know that there are paths of righteousness in which we are to walk. The word paths in the text refers to trails that are clearly marked by the tracks of wagon wheels. So, those trails are clearly marked The tracks are deeply entrenched in those trails. And that word paths in the text, notice, is in the plural. It doesn't say path. It says paths, indicating that there is more than one. Now, sheep, the animal, there are paths in which the sheep are to walk. They are to go on the paths that the shepherd shows to them. They are to follow him along those paths. And where he says to graze, they are to graze. They are not just to go off on forbidden, dangerous paths. And the shepherd has several paths on which the sheep are to walk. There are the Paths to the green pastures, the paths to the cool waters, the paths to the barn. And those paths have tracks that show they've been walked on by the shepherd or even by the other sheep in front of them. They're clearly marked. 
We are sheep. We are our sheep that are to follow Jehovah's paths. We are to follow the Jeho- Jehovah the shepherd in the paths of righteousness. There are certain paths in which we walk. One's walk is really one's whole life in the world. It includes his life at home, his life at church, at school, and at play. His walk includes all of his thoughts, words, and actions in every area of life. And when you walk with your feet, you walk on a path. And there are many paths in which one walks in this life. There is a path that one follows for worship. A path one follows for the treatment of the neighbor. A path one follows for how they treat their spouse. A path one follows for how they treat the one they are dating. We are to walk in the paths of righteousness. The text speaks of that. It uses that word righteous. Righteousness is that which is in harmony with God's Word. It's that which is right in line with the Word. So the paths of righteousness are the paths of God's Word. And these are clearly marked paths, for they are right in the Bible, written down for us. And there are many paths of righteousness. For God has given us a path to follow, For every area of life. God has given to us a path for worship. And that is that we are to gather to worship with God's people publicly on the Lord's Day. And that we are to worship Him from the heart. That's His path for worship. God has also given to us a path for the treatment of the neighbor. And that is we are to love the neighbor. God has given us a path for the treatment of our spouse. And that is we are to love our spouse and live in faithfulness to our spouse. God has given to us a path for the treatment of our boyfriend or girlfriend. And that is the path of purity. Live in purity. Following those paths of righteousness, one is walking with Jehovah the shepherd and with his flock. Following those paths of righteousness, the paths of his word, one is walking with the Lord and one is walking with the other sheep who follow God's paths by his grace. We have the calling to follow. Follow these righteous paths. We are not to wander off on forbidden paths away from the flock and from the shepherd. No, we are to follow Jehovah's paths. Sadly, we do stray from the shepherd and from his paths. Sheep, sheep stray from the shepherd and from his paths for them at times in their, in their life. Sheep tend to wander. Maybe a sheep is in the pasture or on a path and he, he wanders off that path, wanders off away from the rest. And why does that happen? Well, Sheep, a sheep might see something interesting 
So he wanders off the path, away from the rest. Or, this happens, this is most of the time why a sheep wanders, is he sees something dangerous, so he goes away from the rest of the sheep, trying to get away from what he considers danger. Sometimes sheep just wander off because they're following other sheep who have wandered off already. Occasionally a sheep is not with the flock and the shepherd because he has become cast. What does that mean? Well, a sheep that has become cast is one that has become flipped over and it's on its back, its legs are in the air and it can't turn over. Flails and kicks can't turn over. What happens is that a sheep will lie down sometimes, and when that sheep lies down, its center of gravity shifts just a little bit, and their legs go up in the air just a little off the ground. And they feel that. So they begin to kick. But when they kick, all that does is make them to flip further on their back so that they're left with their feet in the air. And no matter what they do, they can't turn over. No success in trying. Because the sheep is cast and unable to move, he's separated from the flock and he does not experience the presence of the shepherd. So that sheep, the animal, they stray and they can even become cast. Well, we also sometimes stray from Jehovah the shepherd's paths. To stray means that one is walking in sin. He's walking in sinful paths, not with the shepherd and not with the other sheep in the righteous paths. No, he's going on in unrepentant sin, not confessing but continuing on in it for a time. One strays and one falls on his back, as it were. He, he cannot get back up. He's stuck where he is in his sin. Now that happened to David. We know about that. David strayed from God's paths. He saw Bathsheba, and he, he strayed. He lusted. He stole her. He committed adultery with her and killed her husband, Uriah. He wandered. He fell on his back and continued in sin for a while. 2 Samuel 11 and 12 indicate that David went on this, in this sin for about a year not confessing, not turning from it. He was on his back, unable to get up spiritually and turn. Now, that's David, but we have had that too. We have all strayed and been cast like sheep at certain times in our lives. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Maybe it was the case in our lives that we abandoned worship for a time, public worship in the Lord's house. Maybe we came, but our heart was far from what was happening during the service. Just let our minds wander, didn't even think about the sermon or what we were singing. Our sinful nature, we... We saw something that was more interesting, just like those sheep that wandered. They saw something interesting, we went somewhere else. Maybe we abandoned God's path for the treatment of the neighbor for a time, 
went on in gossip maybe or something like that. Following others maybe in that way. Somebody else was doing it, we started doing it, we continued on in it for a time. Or maybe we wandered from Jehovah's path for marriage for a time. We, we weren't faithful in our marriage, maybe even viewing pornography. Maybe we were stuck in drunkenness or in a party lifestyle for a time. We were, we were on our backs and we could not get up and turn ourselves spiritually in our own strength. That's strain. And that strain brings misery and trouble. Think about the sheep. That is the animal. Think about the trouble and misery of a sheep who has wandered from the shepherd and from the flock. He knows that. They feel that they are far away from the good shepherd. And they begin to get nervous, wondering where they're going to get food and water from. And they quickly realize that there are many dangers that surround them. The predators want them to be by themselves so they can pluck off that sheep. They're by themselves. Now consider a sheep that has fallen on his back and how miserable that sheep is. That, that sheep on his back, he's flailing in misery, his legs, trying to, to, to get over. But he's, he's confused and, and, and nothing, and he can't turn over. He can't get up. He's miserable. And, and he's easy for predators to get to. He's just laying there. He's on his back. The predators can easily pick him off. And it's very miserable for sheep to be on their back because those gases in their abdomen, they, they start to build up. And if that, that sheep is not delivered from that position that he is in, he can die in a matter of hours, even just two hours sometimes. Often takes a little bit longer than that, more like 12 to 14, but it can be as short as two depending on the temperature outside. So strain brings misery and trouble to sheep. Well, strain brought misery and trouble for David too. We've been referencing that time in his life when he went on in sin after committing adultery with Bathsheba and murdering Uriah. Well, David wrote about the misery of that time in his life in Psalm 32. In Psalm 32, verses 3 and 4, David says, When I kept silence, and that is when I kept silence about my sin, I was going on in it. He says, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. So as David continued in sin, he felt far from the shepherd, Jehovah. And he, he was miserable as he was being heavily attacked by Satan as well, that great predator, the roaring lion. Satan was attacking David, saying to him during this whole time, David, what you're doing isn't so bad. Just keep going on. And it's, it's, it's fun. It feels pretty good. Just keep going. David was on his back, as it were, and there was no way that he could get up and turn on his own. He was like that cast sheep. Strain brings misery and trouble to us too. We feel far from Jehovah. Just think about it. One who abandons public worship for a time. He feels far from Jehovah in that way. One who's going on viewing pornography. That, 
that sheep feels far from Jehovah as he's going in that way for a time. He feels miserable. And Satan attacks. He says, just keep going, keep going. That's, that's not so bad. Think about this or that person, what they do. What you're doing is not so bad. We're on our backs, as it were, and there is no way that we can get up and turn ourselves. Left to ourselves, we will be destroyed in sin. Now, this text teaches that Jehovah, our great shepherd, restores our souls. Verse 1, he restoreth my soul. When sheep stray, a good shepherd restores that sheep. And that word restore in the text means to bring back. A good shepherd can tell when one of his sheep has strayed. The good shepherd, he's, he's looking out over his sheep throughout the day. He's attentive to them. He knows his flock well. And he can tell when one is missing. And he immediately begins to think, maybe that sheep is cast. And when he does not see one, he goes to find it. He goes to bring it back. That's what sheep do. Or that's what shepherds do. We read of that even in Scripture, of how that one sheep was lost and that shepherd spent much time going to find just that one lost sheep. Well, that's what shep good shepherds do. And when that shepherd reaches the sheep that has wandered or is cast, he tenderly helps that sheep. If the sheep is cast, he, he rolls that sheep over on its side so that the pressures of those gases, it's relieved. And then the, sheep, the shepherd slowly flips the sheep back onto its feet and begins to rub its legs to get the circulation back in those legs. And all the time that he's working on that cast sheep, he's speaking to the sheep. Read in a, a book written by a shepherd on this, this subject, that's, that's what he would do. As one who was so close to that sheep, he'd speak to them even while he was helping it. Saying, I, I'm glad I found you. You have to, to stay with the flock. He helps the sheep up and begins to, to guide that sheep then in a loving way back to the flock. And this good shepherd guides that sheep to the flock where that sheep again enjoys the green pastures and cool waters with the rest of the flock. That word restore in the text, it has the idea of bringing the sheep back, but also the idea of refreshing that sheep and, and helping that sheep to become strengthened again. And that's what the, a good shepherd does. He brings that sheep back to the flock, to the green pastures, cool waters, and that sheep is refreshed and strengthened again as he's there with that food and drink. The good shepherd, too, shows such kindness in all of this. The sheep had wandered, and maybe that wasn't even the first time. The sheep was helpless and in great trouble of himself, and that shepherd that shepherd was paying attention. And that shepherd, he, he went and found that sheep and he brought that sheep back. Well, Jehovah the shepherd, he restored David. He did that with David. David says in verse 3, He restoreth my soul. David had strayed. He was on his back. He couldn't get up spiritually. He had sinned against the sixth and seventh commandment. And he was walking in those sins for a whole year. He could not get up spiritually himself. Jehovah restored him. 
And the text specifically says Jehovah restored his soul, and that's important. Jehovah did not restore him in the sense that he simply brought David back to the flock and David was outwardly again living the right way, but inwardly continuing on in in those sins. No, the text says Jehovah restored my soul. One's soul is one's inner life. So Jehovah brought him to see his sin and confess his sin and turn from within. And that certainly manifested itself in an outward life of turning. But Jehovah restored his soul. Jehovah brought him back to the flock. And when Jehovah restored him, Jehovah spoke to him like that shepherd we talked about earlier speaks to his sheep. Jehovah spoke to David through Nathan the prophet. Jehovah, through Nathan the prophet, spoke to him and showed David his sin. And through that word, he brought David to see it, to confess it, to turn. And Jehovah forgave him. Psalm 32, verse 5. Remember, again, Psalm 32 is dealing with what David says after he was restored, when he had, after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Psalm 32, verse 5, David says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So Jehovah brought David to repentance, led him back to the flock and to the green pastures of his word. Jehovah restored him and refreshed him. The prophets came to David, and David, by God's grace, was again listening to the prophets. And those prophets pointed him to Christ, the Messiah to come, and pointed him to who God is and his faithfulness. And David was refreshed, he was strengthened to live a godly life in thankfulness. Jehovah restored David not just this time either after sinning with Bathsheba, but restored him again and again during his life. Remember that the name that David uses for God in Psalm 23 is Lord in all capital letters. If you look at your King James Version Bible, you'll see the name Lord in verse 1 in all caps and in verse 6. And that means the name that is being used by David in the original language is the name Jehovah. And that name Jehovah, it means I am. That name emphasizes that Jehovah is the faithful covenant God of his people. He's not the I was this way and I'll be different in the future. No, he's the I am. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The faithful one. So like a shepherd goes and gets that lost sheep again and again and brings him back. That's what Jehovah did with David. He continued to go and get David and bring him back to himself and to the flock again and again. He's the faithful God, unchanging in that faithfulness and love towards his sheep. 
He was faithful and continued to restore David. And think about this. He does the same with you and me. And has done that with us. When we stray, God restores our souls too. We have strayed. We stray into sins like improper worship, murder with our words and improper anger, maybe even unfaithfulness in marriage or drunkenness, something like that. We're on our backs, as it were. And Jehovah restores our souls. He, he brings us not just to change outwardly, but he, he turns us within. He brings us to see those sins, confess them, and turn from within. He brings that one who's even stuck in lust to see it, confess, turn. He brings that sheep that wasn't attending worship for a time, not faithful, or maybe was daydreaming for a time. He brings that one to see it, confess it, turn. Causes that change through the word. He brings us back to the flock and he proceeds to lead us further in the green pastures of his word. He, he brings us to see even more clearly who the Savior is and who our God is. And he refreshes us in that way and strengthens us to go and live a godly life in thankfulness. And he does that for us many times, just like he did for David. As those who have a sinful nature, we have strayed many times. And Jehovah again and again brought us to see it, confess, and turn. He's the faithful Jehovah, the I Am. Praise God. Our shepherd restores us and he leads us in the paths of righteousness. That's part of the activity he does too as our shepherd. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Verse 3, he restoreth my soul and leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. An earthly shepherd restores his sheep and proceeds to lead that sheep in the right way. He leads or, or guides that sheep so that that sheep is actually brought to follow him. He leads that sheep to the green pastures. And then when that pasture is, is grazed on for a time, you'll then lead that sheep to the next green pastures. And he brings that sheep along. He guides it so that the sheep actually follows him. Now, with a sheep that was found on its back, the shepherd will find the cause and fix it so that this sheep walks in the right way with the flock more and more. For instance, this shepherd, he may see that a certain sheep has become cast and separated from the flock because that sheep's fleece was too long. It was too heavy of a coat. And so when that sheep laid down, then the center of gravity shifted. Their feet went up, they kicked, they got cast, their feet went in the air, and they got separated from the flock. So when that shepherd sees that long, heavy coat, he sees that sheep has to be sheared. So it doesn't become cast, so it doesn't become separated from the flock. And 
That shepherd shears the sheep, but it's not a pleasant experience for that sheep to be sheared. Sheep don't enjoy that. But the shepherd does it so the sheep doesn't become cast. Also, a shepherd may see that a sheep has become cast because it's simply too heavy. It's been eating too much, so the shepherd has to change the diet of the sheep. Cut certain foods out, maybe. That's not a pleasant experience for the sheep either. But it helps them stay with the flock, helps them follow the shepherd. So the shepherd does what is needed to lead the sheep in the right way. Jehovah, our shepherd, he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Think of that. He restores us to the flock, to the right way, and then proceeds to lead us in the paths of righteousness, the paths of his word. He he brings us along in those ways. He works so that we do follow him more and more. He brings the sheep that has not been at public worship faithfully. He brings them to see that sin, confess, turn, and actually go forward, coming here regularly. And he brings that sheep who has been lusting maybe and even viewing pornography and brings that sheep to walk more and more in God's way of purity. And he brings that sheep who's been struggling with uh, their speech about their neighbor, maybe gossiping. He brings that sheep to put that away and to walk in the way of love towards his neighbor more and more, speaking the truth in love. Now that doesn't mean that there is not a struggle and that the sheep do not sin anymore. They do. We each have a sinful nature. But the text means that Jehovah brings his sheep to follow his paths of righteousness more and more in this life. This text, the second half, is referring to Jehovah's work of sanctification. That word's a big word, but we can understand it. To sanctify means to make holy. And that is what Jehovah is doing when he leads us in the paths of righteousness. He is sanctifying us. And praise him for that great work that he does within us. He is very powerful. Jehovah will do the things necessary. Do the things necessary to bring us to walk in these paths of righteousness. Sometimes even things that are hard for us. Remember those shepherd, that good shepherd, when he saw his animal, that sheep, cast, he did what was necessary to make it so that sheep did not become cast and could stay with the flock. Well, Jehovah, the good shepherd, he does what is necessary for us to be brought to follow his ways more and more. as a sheep might have to be sheared, we might have to have certain things cut out of our life because it's leading us into sinful paths. Maybe that's certain people even. Maybe it's certain places that have to be cut out. Maybe the one struggling with unfaithfulness and pornography, maybe he'll have to have a smartphone or computer be cut out of his life. And that's not a pleasant thing. That's not an easy thing. 
That's what the good shepherd does. He uses family members or elders or the minister to speak to us and to call us to cut those things out of our life so that we might more and more walk in Jehovah's paths. Jehovah's a very wise shepherd. and He uses the under-shepherds of Christ and uses family members to help us cut those things out and to walk more and more in his ways. Now this work of restoration and leading in the paths of righteousness, this work is based on Christ's work at the cross. You see, David had, and we have, no right of ourselves to be in the holy God's flock and to be restored. We have no right because we are sinners. We each are sinners and God is holy. Of ourselves then, we have no right to be in that holy God's beloved flock and to be restored. We deserve instead to be left in our sin and to be under His wrath. We're sinners. So we deserve to just be left as sheep, left cast on our backs, going on in sin forever. Jehovah is our shepherd who leads us in the right way based on Jesus' work. David was going to have his sins paid for by the Messiah. Christ has come and taken away our sins. And based on that work of Christ and taking those sins away, we do have a right to be in the holy God's flock and have a right to be restored and to be led in the paths of righteousness. We have a right to have Christ working in our hearts to lead us in those ways. We have that right based on what Christ has done at the cross and wiping away our sins. So praise God for sending the Savior. Think of where we would be apart from Him. These paths of righteousness in which Jehovah leads us, they are the paths of joy. We've already seen how the paths of sin, that's the paths of misery. One feels far from Jehovah in those ways. But the path of righteousness, those paths are the paths of joy. In Psalm 32, David shows that restoration brings joy. In verse 1 of Psalm 32, David says, Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So David was taken off of his back. He was brought to confess his sin. And God forgave him. And he had great joy as one who had been restored. And God proceeded then to lead him in the paths of righteousness, which he says are the paths of joy. In Psalm 1 verse 1, we read, Blessed, that means happy. Blessed or happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So, in the way of being restored and going on in the paths of righteousness, 
One experiences closeness with the Lord, his shepherd. He experiences nearness with him, and that's joy. Blessedness, as David calls it. Think of what a good shepherd then Jehovah is to you and to me in restoring us and leading us in these paths of righteousness. Think about that for a moment. Jehovah is so far above us. He's the shepherd and we're sheep. And not only is he so far above us, but we sin against him. Sometimes walking in sin and saying as we do that, Jehovah, this path I'm going down is better than your paths. This is better than walking with thee. What a horrible thing to indicate by our walk. But we have done that. And yet Jehovah, who's way above us and who we, who we have sinned against, Jehovah comes and he restores us. He picks us back us up, as it were, brings us back to the flock and to the way of righteousness, the way of joy. What a, a gracious good shepherd we have. See that he's done that in your life. Praise him. Now the shepherd, he leads us in these paths for a purpose. And that purpose is for his own name's sake. His own name's sake. That is for his own glory. He does this. Look at verse 3. Or at least listen as I read it again. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake literally means on account of his name or because of his name. That phrase gives the purpose for his restoring us and leading us in the paths of righteousness. He does it for his name's sake. He does it for his name. Now that Jehovah leads us and restores us, or that he restores us and leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, means that he does it for his glory. Jehovah is his name. Think of it. He is Jehovah. He is Lord. He, he is God. He is his name. To do something for his name's sake is to do it for his sake. It is to do it for his glory. How does his work of restoring us and leading us in the paths of righteousness, how does that bring glory to himself? Well, think of it this way. If Jehovah's sheep are not restored and led in the paths of righteousness, then his reputation is brought low. If a shepherd, talking about an earthly shepherd, if an earthly shepherd does not take care of his sheep, that shepherd's reputation is brought low. Other people drive past and they see a sheep on his back 
flailing his legs, and they see the sheep are really thin, and they see this sheep wandering way over there, and those people, they drive past in that, that field, and they say, that's not a good shepherd. Either that shepherd is weak, and he's not able to care for his sheep, or he's just cruel. That shepherd's reputation then is damage. Well, if Jehovah does not take care of his sheep, his reputation is brought low. We say that we are Christians. Others know that. Well, imagine then if they see us continuing on in unfaithfulness or continuing on in drunkenness, that kind of life, or continuing on in gossip. That doesn't bring glory to God. People see that and, and they say, Jehovah's weak. That God makes no difference. They live no differently than we do. Jehovah restores his sheep. And he leads them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his glory, he does this. One who, one who walks in Jehovah's paths by his power, he's giving glory to God in his life. Also, people see, his, see Jehovah's caring work in the lives of his sheep. And they glorify him. People see Jehovah's work of restoring someone in the church and, and leading them in the paths of righteousness. And they're led to glorify God's name for that. Think about it. When you see that someone has been restored and he's being led in the paths of righteousness, you are, you're seeing God's greatness. You see his unmatched power in that. For he has been working in one who by nature, wants nothing to do with him, nothing to do with God, serving him. And you, you see his unmatched love and faithfulness in that work, for he's working in someone who's sinned against him many times. Those who are restored themselves, they see his greatness and they praise God. They, they see, I could never have turned on my own. I was stuck in that sin. I was on my back, as it were, and he turned me. Praise be to God. People in the church see that. They say, what a work Jehovah is doing in that person's life. Praise be to God for his work of restoring and leading in the paths of righteousness. People outside the church, they see you walking in the paths of righteousness as well. They may see that at work, that you're kind to them. You're kind to them again and again. And they, they wonder, why is that person like that? They might ask you and you have the opportunity to speak to them about your shepherd and his work of leading you in the paths of righteousness. And Jehovah may use that to lead them to give him glory to. Jehovah is a very wise shepherd then. See that tonight. He, leads, he restores us and he leads us in the paths of righteousness and that serves to his glory. He's very wise. May we walk in his ways in thankfulness to him. Praise to him, our great, gracious shepherd. Amen. Let's pray. Father which art in heaven, we come before thee, and we stand amazed at how good thou art to us, thy sheep.
Thou art so far above us, and we have even sinned against Thee, yet Thou in Thy great grace dost restore us and lead us in Thy paths more and more. Lord, may we give Thee great praise in response to this wonderful truth. Thou art worthy, and may others too be led to glorify Thy name as well through our witness. In Jesus' name alone we pray. Amen.